being an authority isn't about how well known you are. It's about how do you own your authenticity? How do you own being able to be present with people? How do you be of service? Because it's what you truly want, not what others are expecting. To me, that's an authority right there. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls, or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you, and now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell, and welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. I'm really excited today. I have a good friend of mine who's actually going to be joining, and this man has been a big part of my life from seeing him on stage to hanging out with him at dinners, and he's actually made a big influence when it comes to my mindset, when it comes to my relationship with money. He's connected me with some incredible individuals that I still also get to call friends, so he's a power connector. He's a wealth of information and one of the best trainers I've seen. I do have to give a nudge to the first stage that I've seen, which was for those of you who are aware of the Millionaire Mind Intensive, which was a seminar from Harvecker a long time ago. He was a lead trainer there and boah, he would bring the energy and really help people get over any blocks they had around money. And when we're talking about selling with love, you know that money can be a big part of those blocks. So I know we have some insights we can pick on there. His name is Robert Raymond Riopel. And from that moment, he's had some amazing products coming out. He is the podcast host and the best-selling author of Success Left a Clue. And then he shows how you can dream big again and give you step-by-step systems for taking your dreams and turning them into reality in today's world. And today, what I want us to focus on is actually getting a sneak peek at his upcoming book, which is The Authority Key, How to Unlock and Open Doors of Success. So we were going to talk about what is this authority? We talk about it as a trigger of influence. How do we get it? Why is it important? And what can we do to maintain it once we have it? There might be some potential pitfalls. I'm so excited to have Robert coming on the show with me. Robert, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks, Jason. I was trying to figure out at first who you're talking about. And then I'm like, oh, wait, he's talking about me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, yeah, you've done some amazing things. I mean, you've shared a stage with the Dalai Lama, Sir Richard Branson, and a bunch of amazing trainers as well, which honestly, I want to kind of go back into your history because I know a bit about you, but I feel like there's more to discover, which is what was that initial 
jump into entrepreneurship. I've heard the Domino's Pizza stories and I've seen some of these things mentioned on stage, but I think this puts it in perspective on where you are now based on where you started. I think about it too, Jason. I look back and because of the journey I've been on for the last 20 years, would you believe that actually coming up is the 20th anniversary of me retiring for the first time? I can't believe it's and diving into the personal development arena and becoming a trainer. And so I look back and to that question you asked about being an entrepreneur, I realize I've always been an entrepreneur, even though I was being taught to get a job, find something that's secure. If you can get onto a union, that's the best. Even if you hate it, you do it if you're being paid well. But as a kid, like I had paper routes when I was nine, my first summer job, this will blow some people away, especially in today's day and age. Picture this, I'm 11 years old. And for the whole summer, five days a week, from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., I was babysitting three kids all day long. And one was a toddler in diapers, so I was changing diapers. I was making lunch and having dinner ready for when the parents came home. And I did that five days a week all summer long at the age of 11 years old. And why? Because I wanted to make money. I'm watching my older siblings making money and being able to do stuff. And I'm in a poor family. And I'm like, how do I get money? Go work for it. So I was always figuring out ways to be able to make money. So I've always been an entrepreneur, but I had that nagging programming. Don't be an entrepreneur, get a job. And that's kind of how I started. And that's what out of necessity led me from being laid off from a third job because of being downsized to driving pizzas for Domino's Pizza delivering because of my work ethic, becoming a manager. My wife became my assistant. We start working hard, open the clothes seven days a week because we know how to work hard. And a year and a half in of being managers, we have the opportunity to become franchisees because our franchisee wants to get out of Domino's. So he puts his two stores up for sale. Our big issue is we didn't have any money, but luckily we have passion, we have drive, and we have the willingness to learn. And because of that, we ended up buying both of his stores and we did it with no money of our own. And we became franchisees. And again, we started working hard. And it was interesting though, and you've met a lot of people, Jason, I know that have been this way. We may have known how to run a Domino's pizza, but we didn't know how to run a business. And that's a world of difference. And the two, first two years, we struggled. We struggled like crazy until we started figuring it out and we started doing all right, but then our spending habits kicked in and we started spending more money than we were earning. Eight years into being franchisees, we're over $150,000 in personal debt going down quickly. And that's when we were introduced to personal development for the first time, changed our life. And that's what allowed me to not only become financially free, but to find my passion of training. And as of today, in the last 20 years, I've now traveled around the world several times and personally taught over half a million people how to create a greater life. It's so amazing to see that journey. And you know, that is a big aspect of business. Personal growth aspect doesn't get taught that much. What do you feel are some of the biggest things people miss out on when they have that business acumen like you had and you developed and you learn, but they never took the time to do the personal growth? What is usually the result of that recipe? sabotage, self-sabotage, because they get some instant success and then they lose it. Or all of a sudden they start doing better and they feel they have to hang on to it so tight that they implode their relationships. All of a sudden other parts of their life start to pay the price because they don't know why. And introspection to me is probably the one thing I do the most. I'm always checking in with myself. Why did I make that decision? What's the root of that fear or that doubt? And so business owners that aren't willing to work on themselves, that's why their success doesn't tend to be long lasting or they keep the success, 
but the rest of their life goes down the crapper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen that happen a lot. And that's kind of the perfect segue to really what we want to talk about today, which is this whole idea of the authority key. And just like business success, kind of putting yourself out there, there's a lot of draw, right? Like where it was like, we want to get money, we want to make this and that. Now there's a lot of perceived value around, hey, I want to be an authority, I want to be an influencer. And so let's just start unpacking that first, which is why do you feel that there's been this big drive into people trying to find to have more authority? And what result does that bring into your business or your personal life when you do chase that? Well, first of all, one of the reasons I've realized that more people seem to be attracted to wanting to be authority nowadays is because of the instant social media that's out there. And they start comparing their life to someone else's. Think of it like the old 45 LPs, side A and side B. It was one song on side A, one song on side B. And always the greatest hit was side A. The hopeful hit was going to be the side B. And what I've noticed is people, they look at all of social media's side A's that everybody's putting out, how great my life is, look how much money I'm making. Ah! And then they compare their side B to the side A and they wonder why they're miserable. So they go, well, if I'm going to be happy, I've got to be there. And so they start on that journey. And probably one of the biggest questions I get when I'm on stage is a person who's passionate will come up to me and they say, Robert, how do I do what you do? How do I travel around the world, inspire people? I'm very blunt with them. And I say, if you want to do what I do, you've got to be willing to do what I do. And I'm talking about the unsexy, monotonous, boring as crap, behind the scenes work that when I get to be on stage, it looks like it's more natural and easy flowing. Because if you're not doing that behind the scenes work, I don't care if you're the greatest experts in your field, if you're not willing to work, and a big part of that is the inner work. I will always be a student because I know every time I slow down on my own learning and my own growth, my life goes downwards. So that's the behind the scenes stuff that people don't see. So you've got to be willing to do that if you want to become an authority and maintain being an authority. I love a new movie that just came out three days ago, Home Team, based on the true story of when the New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl. Two years later, their head coach could not coach for a year because of some of the practices that came up. And so he coached his son's little league team and he brought up a great thing. He says, do you know how Drew Brees is Drew Brees? He says, when everybody else has left, he's still there working. And it's not that you have to always be the hardest worker, but you have to be willing to do the extra mile that most people won't. You know, you talk about how we only see that side A and that side B is a little more unpolished, unseen, and we're comparing it to our own side B as well. Do you wait till you've done a certain amount of work before putting yourself out there? Does it work hand in hand? What is usually the path that allows it to work together? Because again, it seems like, hey, I just want to get the result. And so are you supposed to work only on the foundation before putting yourself out there? No, just get started. Because your greatest lessons are going to come from some of your biggest stumbles. And so you get a few different people, the ones that will overanalyze, overpractice, overplan, and never take a step. And so they never go forward. Or you get the ones that don't plan at all and they just stumble, 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 stumble. So go for a balance between the two. Say, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Take a step. Make an adjustment. Take another step. Be aware of what's working, what's not working, what you can do different. Take another step. Because if you wait to start, by the time you're ready to start, it's going to be a totally different world than when you started thinking about it. So just go in there. And this is why, like in the new book, I'm going to be talking about what I call the four currencies. And my favorite currency 
is a currency of experience. Most people just exist through life. And probably the worst thing that could happen for me would be to get to my end of my life and I look back and go, okay, I see these accomplishments, but I don't really remember going through it because I was always in my head or something. I want to be able to look back at life and go, man, I remember that weekend. I remember that celebration. I remember that trip. I remember just being at home and just enjoying binge watching some TV because in the moment, that's what I wanted to do. So having that currency of that experience working for you, are you just existing or are you actually living life? And so that's what I want people. Don't just try and strive for everything. Live it. And be willing to experience the ups, the downs, and sideways. Because that, again, is where some of your greatest lessons will come from, is what didn't work. Your epic fails. I've had lots of them. Because we're only putting our side on the social medias, we're only putting those big successes, there is a bit of that reluctancy to try anything because it feels like if it does become an epic failure, everyone will remember and I'll be forever punished for having even tried what do you say to most people that have that mindset? Let that crap go. Let's go to Frozen. My favorite line in the whole movie. Let it go. Let it go. That's only the part of the song that I know. When we hang on to this crap, no wonder we weigh ourselves down. And I can't remember who said it, but the saying that says, people think a lot less of you than you think they think of you. <laughs> They're thinking a lot less about you than you think they are. And how many people, and this is me, I'm coming from being an example of this. I would get stressed out and still do about, oh, what do they perceive? Or what if I make a mistake? You know what? If you make a mistake, learn to apologize quickly. If it's impacted someone else, make an adjustment and get going again. But if you're so worried about what others are going to perceive of you, you're never going to step into your greatness. Never. You know, some of the greatest victories aren't the win. It's the comeback for the win. There's this quote or this image or meme that I remember seeing, which I think sums this up perfectly. And it's so hilarious, which is so person's like super depressed and they're like, oh my God, nobody cares. And then the screen after that, they're like, wait, nobody cares. <laughs> As in, right? Exactly. It's crazy, right? Because it's almost like our ego kind of is in the way here, because if we have our own perception, I'm like, I'm the center of the universe, right? And like everywhere I go, everyone's going to remember every single movement or faux pas that I do. And having that mindset is very paralyzing. And of course, now you're thinking everything is going to be magnified if you make a mistake, but you're right. Like most people are all thinking this way. And so nobody's really focused on you. So there's a lot of forgiveness on the journey to authority, would that be an accurate statement? Absolutely, and Eleanor Roosevelt said, what other people perceive of me is none of my business. And I got this lesson, and one of the reasons I think that I gravitated to writing this book, when I first started my training career, a small audience for me was 2,000, 2,500 people. And so weekend after weekend, I'm in front of all these people, and it's like, you know, people are like, you're amazing. And I was taking it in a little bit. And I was, got into what I call a starstruck stage and I got through it instead of being about me back to my audience. But I got so burnt out from just living it, living it, living it, that I took a hiatus. And probably the biggest reality check for me, Jason, was also I went from being now around the world by that time in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And also now I was just back to Robert. And when I took my break, some people reached out to me but it was like, Robert who? And it was like instantly, I was an unknown because 
I was just a person that if you knew me, you knew me, but there's 8 billion people on this planet. But my mind had gone to, well, I can step back and take a break and I'll still have lots of contacts. I'll be able to reach out to people and they'll want to talk to me. No, I went through a crumble because I took a hit to my own ego. And that's what really resonated was being an authority isn't about how well known you are. It's about how do you own your authenticity? How do you own being able to be present with people? How do you be of service? Because it's what you truly want, not what others are expecting. To me, that's an authority right there. I mean, what you're saying resonates a lot, Robert. As you know, I have my own journey where I've been highly involved with Valley, and that's a big platform to be involved with. And yeah, I've been on stages as well, thousands of people and being like, wow, I'm Jason. And like the ego really likes that trip. And for me, there was this big gap when I left Mind Valley, which was who is Jason without the Mind Valley engine. And, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, who's kind of has their identity tied to their vocation very directly, or even more specifically, their identity tied to the company that they work with. What are some of the things that you've learned yourself when you took that hiatus that allows you to have more of that foundation and identity and authority, self-authority, without any of those attachments? Well, it's a daily journey because it's not something that I can't just not work on because it's easy to get caught up of, well, well, you know, with that association, I'd be, here's the way I look at it. To me, Jason, the greatest gift anybody can give this planet is just to be themselves show up authentically for who they are. Because when you do, either people are going to like you for who you are, or they're not. And if they like you for who you are, that's awesome. If they don't like you for who you are, that's awesome. Because now you've taken the pressure off of yourself to have to be the performing monkey. And how many people are in positions of authority? Like, you have to respect me. I'm the boss. I'm the authority. Wow, look at the pressure you just put on yourself. How about just being you and either you connect with people or you don't. And guess what? You're not going to connect with everybody. I don't care how good you are, how charismatic you are. You may be the most famous person. Do you think Tony Robbins gets along with every single person he meets? Do you think everybody on the planet knows who he is and loves him? No. You know, I have many conversations where I'll go, hey, have you heard of Tony Robbins? Who? But in my realm, it's like everybody should know who that is. So... That's why the internal work comes in so importantly is because if you're wanting to become an authority and you talk about selling with love, well, then be that big fish in a little pond. Go with that tight niche on it so that in that niche, people do know who you are and you're the top of mind awareness. And that means you owning who you are authentically, not with arrogance, confidence, not arrogance. And when you do that, that resonates from you. You won't have to try and convince people especially when it comes to business. You know what I love having? Is I love having when people are getting a hold of me because they want to do business with me or hire me instead of me going and being that little puppy like, oh, please, 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 like me. I'm the authority. Please, 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 hire me. I did that for years. <laughs> I went through my own shit. I love just being in that flow of connectedness where here's who I am. And I don't take it personally if you say you don't want to work with me. If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. That's awesome. If you do, I can add value. If you don't, please find someone who can, that you do resonate with so that you can go to the next level in your life. And I don't know if this is making sense, Jason, but this is just kind of the space I'm in. <laughs> it's a good place to be in. And 
I've had conversations about different aspects. This conversation was actually with Yannick Silver, and we talked about how we have this need to chase money only to realize once you have it that it's not the most important thing. And I want to ask that question to you as well, which is we feel like we need the authority to what? To help us get more money, to be more recognized, to be more respected, to make more sales and to be someone that you're proud of, to have so many followers on your social medias. There's a drive that's attracting us to have this authority. And once you go out and you get it, it almost becomes that lesson to be able to get to the place that you are now, which is you get to have the luxury of choosing the customers you get to work with. You don't need to come from a place of neediness. You've grown from the process, but you've almost had to go and have a taste of what it was to realize it wasn't the answer. And so the question I have for you is, do we need to go through that step of chasing it, getting it, realizing it's not the right thing to have this realization, or can you have it without? Depends on who you are. Some people, that's the only way they'll get it. And other people, it'll just flow naturally to own who they are with humbleness. And that one of the other currencies of life is the currency of fame. And if you've noticed, and this kind of goes to your question of why is it some, and let's take celebrities, movie stars, singers, why is it fame? Some of them, they implode and it wrecks them. Whereas others who have the same amount of energy, fame, and going through the same things, they seem to blossom. It's because it's who they are and their guidance that they have. And so I'll look at someone like a Justin Bieber, since he's a fellow Canadian like you and I, right? I believe some of his deepest work now has come from the turmoil he went through because starting at a young age and not having the guidance to help him. This is why mentors are so important. If you want to avoid a lot of the pain, find and be willing to get connected with great mentors that can help you go through the pitfalls and avoid them. So he didn't have that. So he crushed hard. But now you look at his songs, his songs go deep. I love Monster. He didn't write it, but when he was asked to be on the song and it's about 15, the world put me on a pedestal. If you don't know how to handle the fame, you are going to crumble. That's why the work on yourself is so critical. So some people, they do go through those ups and downs because that's where they'll draw their strength if they can handle the crush. But then you get someone else like a Robert Duvall great actor. And you look at them in interviews and they say, so, you know, all these actors have gone through these schools and this school, where did you learn to be such a great actor? And his basic energy was, I didn't need no education. It's just what I love to do. And, you know, people seem to like my acting. <laughs> and it's almost like why they had to go through all those trainings and schools to get there. He's a different person. And so everybody's on their own individual journey with this, Jason. That's the key to understand your journey. And this is why I never Never compare yourself to anybody else. One of the quickest ways to misery is to look at someone else's side A and compare your side B to it. Just judge yourself to who you are and did you take one more step? Did you take another step? Find the people that you resonate with to guide you, that you can model. You can make the journey smooth or hard. You're the one that's gonna make that choice. And it comes day by day. Robert, thank you so much for coming here and sharing some of these insights when it comes to authority. I think we talked about a lot of these potential pitfalls and the foundation from what we discussed today is really understand that you're on a journey and that personal growth is going to be your ally on this journey. And of course, getting authority, yes, it'll help you gain more sales conversion or maybe open some doors, connections with people. You could say it's the social media metrics, but at the end of the day, 
there's going to be some work you're going to need to do to realize that your identity is not attached to this fame that you are looking for. And what I want to encourage everyone here is I'm going to put some links so you can discover more of Robert's work when it comes to the authority key. I know the book is in progress. And so as soon as it's available, if you want to be notified, make sure you click into the bonus section. I will have some links for you to stay in touch with Robert. And of course, if you are looking to chase that success, you want to be able to get more of what you have in your life. Maybe there's certain things you want to be able to continue on. I will make sure that success left a clue is a book that you have access to. It is his first book that's been released. It's already available. We'll put a link to that as well. And Robert, I did want to give you the floor to maybe share one final tip, insight, something that we feel could actually be helpful for people when it comes to their journey on getting that authority and getting the keys to it. I would just say, again, be you. Experience life. Be present. Be present in your life. So many people are either so far in the future or they're anchored in the past that they forget to actually be where they are today. And you know, Jason, I'd love as a gift, you mentioned my book, Success Left a Clue. You were gracious enough to ask me to be on your podcast. And more importantly, your audience is gracious enough to listen to it. And I'd love that if they want a digital copy of it, they just have to go to robertrealpel.com. And as our gift to them for listening, they get the entire book as a digital download. But it does come with a caveat. I didn't write the book for people to read it, put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. That's not why I wrote it you know, step number three is take action. So I wrote it as a workbook. And if people, I actually write in there, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, do the action before you read more. So I promise people that if they download it, read it and do the actions, they'll take their life to another level. And I'd love to give that as a gift to them for you being so gracious to have me on your podcast. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for that. We'll make sure the link is available. And it brings me to the question. I sometimes forget to ask it, but I know it's the key question I need to ask, which is, you're on the Selling with Love podcast. And so Robert, mm -hmm. what does Selling with Love mean to you? To me, it's being passionate about what you're selling, which means only ever, ever offering something you believe in 100%. Because so many people out there try to do stuff just for the money and you can smell it. They don't believe in the product or they don't believe in the service or they don't believe it in 100%. So if you want to sell with love, because now it allows you, and this was a big turning point for me, Jason, because I was offering programs and I hated being seen as the selling person, even though I've done over a hundred million dollars in sales in 18 years around the world from the stage. And one of my friends and mentor, he said to me, he said, Robert, why is it important people do these trainings? I said, well, you know how they've changed my life. And he said, so great. So here's my question to you. Are you doing them a service or a disservice? by not doing whatever it takes to get them to take that step. And all of a sudden it hit me like a two by four, Jason. I went, wow, I'm not serving people by allowing their own mindset to take them out from taking that step. And the moment I changed my mindset, now I love to sell because I look at it as I'm helping people on their journey. And so I'm pouring my love through it. And look, it's still not for some people and I'm okay with that. But the people that it is okay for and they take that step and they courageously make decisions because it's not always easy. It's scary. Probably one of my scariest times of my life was when I signed on a dotted line to actually do a purchase of the Quantum Leap program for myself. I was trembling. I was petrified. I was like, <gasps> but yet then it turned out to be the greatest decision I've ever made. Other than asking my wife to marry me, of course.
<laughs> priorities. Robert, thank you so much for sharing. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you for all the wisdom you shared across the podcast. And for everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. This was Robert Riappel. And until next time. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.